You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. Isn't it? It's bad on the table, though, right? You can do. You just. I want you to feel relaxed. Right at home. This is my view. Put your feet up. Kick your shoes off. Let's scoop. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Kevin Hadfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Scoop. Vince Ingenito, Scoops. Sam Claiborne. I was just relaxing by the pool. <laughs> we got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk some more about the Nintendo NX. We're going to talk about the witness and the price of games. Woo. But first, we begin this week in Bonnie, Scotland. I just want to say I'm a big fan of the butt first. At this, that kicks off at yeah. the beginning of every game. Yeah. You should have like a graphic that goes along with it. Butt first. Butt first. Butt first. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie Scotland. James from Bonnie Scotland emails us this week. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. I knew a woman named Bonnie Scotland. Well, Bonnie is... That's weird. <laughs> anyway. Uh, James says, Hey, Damon and Justin, and hosts number three and four. Ooh. Wow. Listen to you for years. Thanks, Bonnie. Your podcast James. is definitely... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. <laughs> you got Bonnie on the brain. <laughs> says your podcast is definitely one of my highlights of the week. My question is twofold. With all the hardware being released these days, is there really a lot of hardware being... I guess there's all this, these uh, VR headsets coming out. Sure. Yeah. Do you think the project name given has an impact on the hype surrounding a new system. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about the NX and how Nintendo could lose some momentum when they eventually announce it as the Wii 3 or some other uninspired name. Got me into thinking about some of the best and worst development names we've had in recent years. Some of the biggest disappointments you've had with names when hardware has been announced. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, first of all, let's call them Codename because it's so much cooler. <laughs> I like Codenames. <laughs> Codename. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of, uh, like, the, it really sets the tone for, like, there's a Nintendo Revolution, mm -hmm. and uh, the DS was the Nitro. Yeah. Yeah, there have been some really good ones. The, the Black Belt, for, the, the, the Dreamcast had several nicknames. It was the White Belt at one point. It was the Black Belt. It was the Katana. Yeah. And, like, I would buy the hell out of any of those three things. Yeah. The well, first I, one I remember was Alter 64. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was the, the first one. And then I didn't really think about it for Project years. Reality, as it was called even before that. Really? Yeah. Project, yeah. Project Reality was its first. Uh, yeah, it was first. Project Reality. But Alter 64, like, it, it told you what it was. It was like a more, because the last system was called Super Nintendo. Right. So Ultra Nintendo, there <laughs> You know, you, you, you had to go there. And then we, at the time, 16-bit and 32-bit were really big terms. Oh, yeah. They were just terms, that, and they didn't really mean anything after 16-bit. But 64-bit, it was a thing. And, uh, and Ultra 64 just told you, like, this is going to be an advanced system. Well, I think yeah, it's right. really interesting that uh, they're, they're internal. Like, you have to call 
the project something within the company so they you know come up with dolphin or whatever they want to call it but it totally is like marketing even though it's not like an mm. outward facing name usually sometimes they use it at e3 and stuff but they end up leaking out and people know what that code name is so you have to make it something cool um even though it's just basically for internal use and you know you're not going to name the console that and it's weird that you're right it's totally marketing and what's odd is that they forget that for the they seem to yeah. forget that for the main name like well, let's talk about what was disappointing when 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 they announced the the Nintendo's con new console as the Wii, yeah. I was like, the what now? No, people lost like, their minds. The, was, the what? <laughs> that was coming off of the GameCube. Like everyone thought, like that was when Nintendo was in giant trouble. You know, they go through a cycle of being on top and being right. in massive trouble. But like, and then they announced the name of that console, and people there were people gnashing their teeth and weeping in the streets <laughs> and tearing off their shirts. Why did you call it the Wii? Um, and then we were all so wrong. Like it turned out oh, to yeah. be the literally. Well, the the name didn't hurt it. Right? It turned uh, out to be bigger I, than Jesus. I, I contend that every single game system has a ridiculous name. And that we happen to be a little bit on the goofy end, but I think Game Boy is equally as goofy as we. But so is it really that goofy? Well, it describes exactly what it is, yeah. though. You know the what I mean? It's like the GameCube. Yeah. No, 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 it's no, not a game. It's not a game. No, boy. <laughs> no, but think about the other. Like, I'm a Game Boy. Think about the other portable electronics that are popular at the time, though, right? So we, you've, oh got the walk, you've got the yeah, Walkman, yeah. right? Yeah. And the, the Walkman. So, so is the Walkman so game it is marketed for a younger yeah. audience. I don't know. I think it makes sense. Game Boy is a playoff Walkman for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I don't think it's. I don't think it's nearly as out there. What about PlayStation? PlayStation's totally a good name. That's totally. Station where you play. And Xbox <laughs> <a> station. <laughs> I mean, Xbox can be. <laughs> Xbox was famously born out of DirectX, like the Direct Xbox from yeah. uh, Microsoft's sort of PC gaming roots. But admittedly, sounds silly. But admittedly, I, sound I remember that sounding like intentionally like edgy and, and marketing-y at the time. Oh, yeah, what about sure. the Nintendo Entertainment System? Is that a dumb name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it sounds like a. Well, it's supposed to sound like a VCR. It's a system. It entertains you, and it's by Nintendo. This yeah. makes now, perfect sense. Sam. Atari Video Computer System. Is pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's or, pretty or cool. Or that Commodore 64. <laughs> that one's pretty good. All right, dialing it back a little bit here. Uh, the I mean, speaking of Game Boy, its code name was Dot Matrix Game. I like that one. <laughs> So that's because the screen like years, was dot matrix screen. But for years, we're internally at Nintendo where we need work on the yeah. dot matrix game. <laughs> proceeding according to plan. That like, is strange. I like NGP for the Vita. Yeah, I had forgotten that. Yeah, next, that, next the, generation portable. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been totally averse to them use keeping that that abbreviation for it. Although I think the Vita is a pretty good name, actually. What? No. I like Vita. It doesn't really mean bad. anything. It's, play, it's the PlayStation Vita. It's PlayStation Life. Well. It's your it's your PlayStation Life everywhere you well, go. Well, it didn't Sam. help it. Yeah. No, it didn't. Sadly. <laughs> uh, do you know what Virtual Boys was? Mm -mm. Virtual Utopia Experience. Wow. <laughs> or Vux. Vux. <laughs> <laughs> virtual Utopia. Would you describe the experience of using the Virtual Boy as uh, Utopia? Vux you up, man. Vux <laughs> <It bucks> you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That is wait, wait, you played a Virtual Boy for the first time yeah. recently at, at my house, right? Yeah, it's your house. It. Unbelievably <laughs> bad. Oh, yeah. It's I think it terrible. looks awesome. I think it I looks awesome, too. the red and black look of it. I don't actually want to use it for any oh. real length of time. Yeah. It is shocking. That's a derail. But it's unbelievable that the Virtual Boy is a real thing that Nintendo released. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of had... like a reality split in two directions there. We <laughs> right? got the Virtual yeah. Boy and somebody else got yeah, like, really Yeah, like, we're in the dark universe yeah. of, like, <laughs> it's like when, you were, when you're watching, like, The Flash or reading a comic book and you're like, man, they really have it bad over there. Yeah. That's us with the virtual boy, and we don't know it. <laughs> we'll have like like tears Code of blood Bucks. streaming yeah. down our face. Bucks. <laughs> yeah, with Nintendo 64, we talked about how it was Project Reality and then yep. Ultra 64. Yep. Uh, the GameCube was Dolphin. Yeah, famously yeah. a Dolphin Cove. Now, yeah, that was Fran's <laughs> fan site. Before you Dolphin, our, our, Dolphin we have Cove. A, uh, you know, our director of video here, Fran Mirabella, was a Nintendo editor here many years ago. And GameCube super fan. And he came from a site that was named after the code name of the GameCube. Yeah. yeah. I think we all, maybe not all of us, but certainly Fran and I have that shared history of working on just terrible, weird fan sites before we got into this business professionally. <laughs> I worked for uh, Nintendome. Oh, wow. I, also, good. I, I worked for Total PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, they're not. They're yeah, not that wasn't terrible. Like, they're, I love, love professionalists. I, they pay yeah. like it's not oh, like yeah, a labor. I had, I had to pitch a, a blog to, well, I pitched a, a, the first video game blog to the Arizona Daily Star newspaper in Arizona, and it was called, I, I, the name was called Ready Game Fire. Ooh. Ready Game Fire. <laughs> I like that one. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's catchy. Good. Uh, but I like the name GameCube. I think that is, yeah. that describes that machine perfectly. Yeah, yes. it does. Yeah. It's got the best opening 
what would you call it, like splash screen of any yeah. console. I've been really even better than the 360. The 360 splash screen is pretty godlike. I like the game. So is the original well, PlayStations. Yeah, the original PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we should do. I want to rank them all now. Yeah. Yeah. What about just like the Konami and Capcom? Oh, those splash good. The Capcom's was really good. What do you call those? Splash screen. Like a splash screen. I actually love Capcom's when they started doing the voice. Capcom presents. Yeah, a little echo on the end of it. I was like, that was really good. Yeah, sixteen bit. Yeah, that's sixteen bit. Really? Yeah, they started doing that. The Sega Genesis ones with just Sega. Let's Sega. That's a really good one too. It's really good. This is a real feature. Yeah, this is we're doing this feature. Do it. Do it. If only we need someone who did features here. We just did it. It's done. We talked about the DS was Nitro. We was Revolution. What do you want to talk about Nitro? Well, what's interesting about Nitro is, and I think this is fairly common, but I remember Nitro specifically is they didn't have the final name. They didn't pin down. Yes, Nintendo DS, that's the name, until late-ish in the process. Yeah. And so if you look at like the back of, uh, of a cart, every single DS cart to this day, it's like NTR-number-number-number, and that's like the cart, that's oh, their okay, like, okay. naming convention. For that's, I'm surprised yeah. that Nitro was a thing. I don't remember that term at all. And I, I don't remember reading about I remember Nintendo reading Nitro. Nintendo yeah. DS as the, the product... Or the the code name, code name. Um, and, and then they, they kept it. That's it. what I thought maybe, the story yeah. was. Maybe but maybe that was 3ds. But was that's that where. And there's other examples like I think, man, I might be wrong, but I think in 64 carts, their cart numbering system <laughs> is PGR dash number number number. Oh, wow. that, that that might not be right, but uh, I know Nitro is NTR. That's really cool. Yeah, because they don't know, like they didn't know what the final name was going to be. So oh, and it, Nitro would have been so weird, but DS was always bad. Yeah. It dual, just wasn't marketing. Dual screens. Yeah. And what what if we had lived in a world where the PS4 was actually the Orbis? Yeah. What would have happened? How would, how would things be different? Yeah, we'll get there. Give me one second. Do you remember Wii U being named Project Cafe? Yeah. I don't remember. We that. wrote stories on IGN. I, uh, I co owned ProjectCafe.com wow. <laughs> with Mark Ryan so we, Wow. I owned we bought it, it when was it was announced. What was the, when was the last update? Uh, we, we put a like button on it. Mm. <laughs> it got like 50 likes, and, wow. then, uh, and then it went away forever. But we had it for a couple of years. Yeah. Man. The, the Dreamcast, you mentioned uh, its codename was Katana. Yeah. Like, man, I was so excited when I heard that uh, Sega's next system was called the Katana. Yeah. It's yeah. just like someone who that grew up cool. loving video, video games, loving ninjas. Like, I could not buy that system hard enough. <laughs> and then, then they announced the real name was the Dreamcast. It's like hippy dippy. It was like, what? What is this Dreamcast? <laughs> yeah. You guys are harsh. I like the Dreamcast. No, I, love, I like I the Dreamcast. system. I love that system. But Genesis and Saturn were pretty uh, uh, good names. Those yeah. are really cool. Master Genesis System was pretty dope strange. Dope-ass name for yeah. a console. It's the Master System. Game uh, Gear was strange, Genesis. too. Genesis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I like uh, the Sega Nomad. I love I, the Nomad. That's a good name. name and, yeah, because it's a portable Genesis. Sega yeah, CD is pretty cool. Because yeah. uh, CDs were really cool at the time. You got to right, remember right, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't. This is a video <laughs> game. Sega CD is this. And then of course 32X is pretty funny. <laughs> but Dreamcast is. I've always thought that was strange. We're all pretty used to it now. But I thought that was as goofy as the Wii when that was announced. Yeah, about the same feeling. Game Boy Advance's codename was Atlantis. Oh yeah. I don't really remember people using that, but I don't uh, think I was following the pre-production stuff about Game Boy Advance. Like, yeah, yeah, it just wasn't either. wasn't a big topic for me. What's weird is that off the from the just from the hip, that sounds like a Sega code name, not a Nintendo code name, mm-hmm. based on what we know now. Yeah. That's true. I think I was already working for Nintendo by the time that Nintendo. Uh, the GBA was. Is Nintendo still around? No, God no. <laughs> no, it wasn't around like a year after it was founded. But that's I bounced around doing stuff like that till I got work professionally. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how. The name Xbox uh, originally came from Direct, Direct Xbox, yeah. but other uh, code names that they use internally to try and sell this video game system to Microsoft was Windows Entertainment Project Ooh. or Microsoft Midway, huh. in- inferring it was midway between a video game console and an entertainment. Oh, but it's box. not like a Midway, like not an like arcade, the, not like the company Midway. Yeah, but like a Midway is like a term for like go play arcade games at the Midway. Like so, oh, it kind of works well, both yeah, ways. Yeah, I guess so. Huh? Midway. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard that. I just either. think of it as Midway in Chicago. Yeah, right. the developer. Hmm. Xbox 360's codename was Xenon, Zenon. It's yep, based Xenon. on the, code, the yep. chip that's yeah. in there. The gas. The noble gas. Yep. Very noble. As you mentioned, Vita was NGP. Do you remember Connect? what Connect's code name was? Natal. Project Natal, yeah. Natal. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Have you ever seen what the bottom of an avatar's foot looks like? <laughs> Bam! Bam! <laughs> 
I don't remember that. That was when Natal was revealed, and yeah. then it was one of those things where it wasn't as bad as the PlayStation VR thing that just didn't work, but, like, the Natal was being, like, glitchy on stage and not oh. working that great, and the avatar, this guy was moving around, and the Kinect was reading it, and then the avatar was supposed to be moving to how the guy was moving, and he lifts up his foot, and then the avatar goes, <laughs> <laughs> and it just it doesn't work. It it's a really funny clip if you go back and look it up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> even like the, the current gen consoles, their code names Orbis and Durango. Like yeah. I had almost forgotten that. Like yeah. for a long time, I was doing news stories in actually talking about the PlayStation Orbis and mm -hmm. Microsoft Durango. Yeah. And the Durango had a like a somebody tried to sell a Durango. Yeah, dev like unit the the death on kit. eBay. Remember? And right, it, right. They yeah. got tracked down. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then just last year, uh, we were calling PlayStation VR Morpheus. That's right. Yeah. And NX, of course. Uh, yeah, that brought us to uh, the, the topic at hand, the Nintendo NX. What do you think about uh, James from Bonnie Scotland's question? Do you think a code name affects the hype of, of the system? Now it does. I, I don't think know if it did back now. in the day. Yeah, because yeah, people didn't really know about it too widely back in well, the day. Well, we didn't day, talk now, about the Atari situation, but like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't expect anybody to know their code that, names. That yeah. was, I'm sure that wasn't publicly known back then. The yeah, days now, now I think you've got to, especially in the digital age and the age of information when things <clears> leak <throat> and then propagate so freely, you have to know that like, mm -hmm. whatever you decided to call your project internally is eventually going to get become an external moniker and that you should just probably design it around especially that. Especially because Nintendo just calls it that yeah. and talks about it. Right. And it holds press conferences mm -hmm. about it. Project yeah. Kick-Ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> Project Blow Your Mind. Right? <laughs> but it, it will be funny to find out what their reasoning was be behind that. What yeah. is their internal, like, little acronym that there it is, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Next. Next. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Nintendo NX, we've got some... Uh, some more rumors are surfacing today. Reports say it may work with other devices. This is a Wall Street Journal reporter. Uh, says the source tells them it could work, work with other devices, including PCs or the PS4. Mm. Well, I, I thought, I didn't, I, I didn't actually, I just skimmed the Wall Street Journal article. I thought this came from like a survey that Nintendo sent out. There were two sources. There's, two, there's oh, this okay. source and then there's mm -hmm. this survey from this company uh, that works with Nintendo that says it will have an achievement-based system, it can do 4K video streaming, and it'll have 900p, 60 frames per yeah. second graphics. So yeah, that, those are all really interesting. But the, the first thing you said was the uh, working with other systems, yeah. and that's potentially because it's a screen and a controller mm -hmm. that could work with other stuff. I mean, I th is, that the, is that the crux of it you understand? Well, but the fact that it, so I thought maybe, we've talked about Nintendo sort of uniting the uh, handheld yeah. with a TV system, yeah. but working with a PlayStation 4, I, mean, I can't even like imagine. Well, like, well, no, I, I can imagine what it is. They're, lay it on it's us. It's a, it's a, their new, it's a cloud gaming service. Yeah, I think so too. And that's probably. where they're headed. So what's, what is their console then? Just one option where you can play. You could also play it on. Yeah, their con their console. So they either. Oh, you're saying the subscription service that they talked in the survey. Yeah. Is the the thing they're announcing, and they have some hardware for it, but maybe you could access it like Netflix and other things. Yeah, and the idea is either you buy the hardware and have it in your own home, or if you don't want to buy the hardware or can't buy the hardware, you can maybe subscribe to some kind of a service and stream and like you know <coughs> make it, download an app and then you can stream NX games on you know other game consoles. Yeah. How crazy? How crazy would that be? I think I think that's uh, that's certainly plausible. That's a that's one step farther than like I would probably predict. I think it's probably just online functionality. Like that would be my guess. It's mm -hmm. like like you can log into Facebook on your on your on your console if you want, and mm -hmm. I feel like you'll be able to log into a Nintendo account on other platforms than that Nintendo account. Right. I, I don't expect it to extend much farther than that. I mean I mean who knows, right? It's all we're all just guessing, but that would yeah. be my guess. Is that they're like yeah maybe you'll be able to see your friends and messages on this other console like. So a lot of people in the office got hung up on the 980, uh, 900p thing. That is because it's not 1080. Yes. So a couple a couple thoughts that I just heard from people talking about it a lot today, and that I that I came up with too. Uh, one is that um, the Xbox uh, One primarily runs at 900p. Yep. Uh, it looks fantastic. Right. So the looks great. I, I I actually still am like obsessive about how it's not at 1080p, and I think about it, and I make I, that. Factors in my, de my decisions to play games, but when I'm actually in, in the game playing and stuff, it doesn't matter too much, right? Yeah. But also the you know the iPhone is a higher resolution than that, uh, but the Wii U gamepad is 480, uh, mm. so that's uh, much much more than it would be. So if it does have a screen on a gamepad, or if it's a streaming device that streams to your television, what that's saying is that it's 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 more powerful than the gamepad. That's interesting. It's 
the screen will be less dense with pixels than it is on an iPhone yeah. handheld. So it's kind of an in-between thing. But if you think about it, what the iPhone is not good at is is uh, what's it called when you play with your uh, when you play with something and then you, it's on a TV? It has a term. I mean, they have AirPlay. Is AirPlay. Air yes, AirPlay is pretty laggy and it doesn't work so yeah, hot. Right. Uh, you have to have a lot of processing power still to have something on one device that that streams really nice to a TV. Well, so 900 seems like the target they're going for to make that work. Nintendo mm -hmm. figured that out. Like yeah. a, a lot of people don't really give the Wii U enough credit for um, solving like, that problem. They, right. They have proprietary technology in that problem of streaming from a device to your TV. That's like Nintendo figured it out over a course of years and years and years, and it uses tech. Like it's not just using like standard Bluetooth or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Unlike literally everyone else, like every other solution that's out there, like the way that they're doing that is unique and special to Nintendo, um, which is cool. Like it's badass. And I never really thought that much about it until I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is true. Like I'm playing this on. Like I I played Smash on my gamepad gamepad probably more than I played on my TV. And like it's pretty rad that the gamepad has this tech in it, um, and I would expect that to factor into their next device in some capacity. We just have too many questions. Like, like yeah. you're right that uh, the iPhone now has more pixels per inch than a 1080p television, mm -hmm. but the actual real re like it's it, it matters how big the screen is, right? Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. like it's hard to until we know is it some weird handheld console hybrid? Like I don't know. Like it's tough to read too much into it. We also have a quote from current Nintendo president Kamishima this week, who says the company is not looking to build on old ideas but offer entirely new ones. And the top comment on our article on IGN says that that quote should fill everyone with fear. Because apparently this gamer, <laughs> this gamer in particular, like wants a very, just wants a traditional yeah. video game console with a great controller. They don't want Nintendo to keep trying to reinvent the wheel. Well, and, but, it, but it doesn't mean that Nintendo's trying to not reinvent their own system, the Wii U, and so they don't want to do some kind of two-screen thing? Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's that them saying that they want to do something different for them, which is actually make a traditional yeah, exactly. system for the first exactly. time in a decade. Yeah. You know, like, that would be cool. My question to you three is, what do you really want? out of the Nintendo NX. I want Nintendo to return to its bread and butter. Yeah. I'm, I'm Super Nintendo. I'm just I'm, like exactly. a game console that just plays great games that and plays has a amazing great controller. Games, that has a great controller that is technologically up to snuff with what its contemporaries are doing oh. and, and leverage that power and that um, de design and development flexibility that a traditional controller gives you uh, to make uh, great games the way only Nintendo knows how. Yeah, I actually, That's all I want. for me personally, um, I don't even care if it's technologically up to snuff. Um, I, you know, what I want, like it's Justin Davis's dream universe, um, yeah, I want the Super Nintendo 2, and I want Super Mario World mm -hmm. 3, and I want Link to the Past 2, and like that's what I want from Nintendo. Obviously, that's not financially viable. That's not what they're going to do, but that's well, what they, would... they did do Link to the Past 2. <laughs> and it was, and it was true, amazing. But, yeah, except it for amazing. artistically, it was <laughs> awful. Crummy looking. Yeah, so it was awful. I mean, I didn't like it as... That is an ugly game. Mm, I thought... I, that's a really strong The gameplay game. was great. Like, I voted yeah. for it for best 3DS game and yada yeah. yada, but like, I would take Link to the Past style over it in a heartbeat. Well, yeah, I agree with you. What about Super Mario World uh, 2? That was Yoshi's Island. Yeah, that's why I said 3. <laughs> 3, yes, okay. Um, but that's what I would want. I just want, I feel like that was Nintendo at their peak, um, and I would just like to see more of that. Yep. What about you? Oh, I have a kind of a mix of those two things. I want to see. Uh, what, what I'd really like is, you know, whatever is going to make Nintendo games shine is fine with me. But I also really, really like when Nintendo is seen as, and, and it feels to me, as they're the technological leader in something. Mm -hmm. So even though the Wii was behind in, in graphical power, uh, they were still a technological leader in this kind of interactive, you know, I, we, we, not, not, we didn't like it too much, but Wii Sports was amazing. And it was so amazing that it was on every morning show in the country. And Brain Age was amazing for its own ways, too. And, and I, I, like, I like to see them lead in a, in a tech space in some way. Hmm. Yeah, I think more graphically would be great. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I want to like in a while. trying to wrap my brain around what a Super Mario Galaxy three looks like on a machine more with today's specs. Um, yeah, what that? What's that team working on? That Tokyo team's working on something awesome, I'm sure. What do you want to see, Damon? Definitely, like the, along the same lines as a more traditional uh, console. Although it's just it would, be, it would be hard to think how that would fit in because there's never been uh, a. There's never been a time when three consoles have been able to survive at the same sure. time on the market. So it's just been two. They haven't done the same thing, just lined up one to one with their competitors since the Super Nintendo. It's true. Ever since then, they've been doing their own thing. Yeah, I, I, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. But it is. It, I've said this. 
probably on GameScoop before, but it also makes our our jobs and uh, f- uh, you know fans' enjoyment uh, I think greater that Nintendo is doing something different. So yeah. instead of having three of the same thing competing in the same ways, it's neat to have them as a force of just goofy fun. And sure. I hope they just whatever happens, I hope they stay that. We should be finding out more about the Nintendo next over the next few months. Uh, but sooner than that, next week, the long-awaited game The Witness yes. is finally out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the follow-up to Braid from Jonathan Blow. Something totally different, not a sequel or, yeah. or anything from Braid. First person. Seven years in the making. Yeah, I know. Puzzle game, uh, a new mist. This is, a, this is no exaggeration, probably the game I've most anticipated, most excited for in a couple of years. Wow. Probably. Cannot wait for The Witness. Braid was so good. But like, you're in an office of people playing it right now. I know, but <laughs> I I don't, how much can we talk about that? Like, we can't at all. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to play the finished retail final game and just experience it for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Every indication is that, you know, reviews will be what they are, but every indication is that it is the real deal. Like, it's delivering on the hype. One of the best puzzle games ever made, coming from someone that I think is a bona fide genius. Here's the deal. I think Jonathan Blow catches a lot of flack for being pretentious. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's pretentious. I think he's just smarter than almost everyone, including <laughs> including all of us. Like I, I think I totally any, anytime <laughs> he goes into a room, I think he's probably the smartest person in that room. And yeah, I think it's hard for that to not feel threatening to people. And uh, and uh, you know, he talks about his big ideas and philosophy and trying to put one of that in games and thinking that most games are juvenile. Like, yeah, that comes off as pretentious, but I think he's just being honest to himself. And so you have someone that, uh, in my opinion, is a genius that took all of his fortune, he became a multimillionaire from Braid, and poured all of his money and eight years of his life mm-hmm. and hired a team and I turned think all... scoop. But, like, you turned all that around, like, and now this is it. This yeah. is the product of this guy, you know, taking his millions and millions of dollars in eight years of his life to make the follow-up. Like, like that, to me, is the most exciting thing happening in video yeah. games. It's an exciting, whether or not The Witness ends up being the kind of game that like you might want to play. I mean, I know that you will find it that kind of game. Yeah. I will. I think a lot of us will. But like whether or not you, you look at that game and go, okay, yeah, that, that excites me. That's my thing. Like I feel like just that story has to be uh, inspiring uh, to you. Like you said, he could literally have just lived easy after that. After Braid and all that, he went through a lot to get that game made. I yeah. mean, so even after that, he could have just put his feet up and said, well, I did it. Well, I mean, or just make or make another ten dollar game in another three years, right. another ten dollar yep. game after that. But he went like it's a big risk, and it's and every indication. The thing that excites me most about the witness, and I actually I'm not having to watch my words because I'm not one of the people in the office playing it. That game is supposedly gigantic, and I can tell you without going into specifics, it is gigantic. It's a lot big. I think a lot of people have the impression that oh, it's going to be a cute little adventure game with some puzzles. Yeah. I'll be done with it in like you know four to six to eight ten hours. Like we've never no. seen what's <laughs> like what is it? What is a triple A puzzle game? Well, Portal, I guess. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, so it's like to me, this is the first AAA pu- puzzle game we've gotten since Portal, um, and that's incredible. Like we just, it doesn't happen. I mean, and there's yeah, a lot more content cool. there than in Portal. Like, yeah. Again, I don't want to talk specifics, but so much more content there than Portal. Yeah. Well, they announced this week that The Witness cost forty bucks. Yep. People are so mad. That, yeah. Them being mad makes me so mad, and I normally don't bother getting involved. Yeah. Right. But, Wait, no. this is all a segue to get to a, a question from Damon. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, it's yeah. actually not from me. It's from Big Tony Style. Big. I can be a little bit uh, racist because I'm Italian. It's fine. You got that vowel on the end of your name. It's fine. Uh, Big Tony Sell says, It's pretty surprising that most retail games still remain $60 a pop, relatively cheap compared to old cartridge games. Good, yes. That that is why. We started to see downloadable titles creep up just a little from 15 to 20, Mm -hmm. sometimes even higher. When, if at all, do you see the price of retail games seeing a standard increase? So $60 has been the standard for 10 years, ever since the last generation mm-hmm. of consoles, Xbox 360. Yeah. Uh, in that time, yeah, it's the tough. cost of AAA development has skyrocketed, and yet games still remain the same. Uh, one workaround is through season passes and downloadable content. They have effectively raised the price of games, too. Yeah, I feel like we've 80, touched on this $90, $100. a little bit in Scoop before, where there's a concept in retail and lots of other industries called uh, revenue per user, ARPU. Yep. And so it used to be a game of 60 bucks. You bought, you know, Mortal Kombat Trilogy for the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It was 50 bucks, and that was all you could ever get. But now the game still costs 60 bucks, but 
you do the math if you have a $30 season pass and 10% uh, of your players are going to buy it. Uh -huh. So now you've upped your ARPU from 60 bucks to 63 bucks thanks to that season right. pass. And uh, uh, there's a collector's edition that's $100, but it only costs you $10 to throw all that garbage in the game. Yeah. So now every person that buys that collector's edition, like, so they're nudging the revenue per user up from like $60 to $70 anyway without having to actually increase the price of the game. But that will only hold for so long. Right, and the thing is that people... The funny thing about that is that when you listen to the, that spiel, it, it's some people would say, "Oh, well, us as the as the player, like we're kind of getting we're kind of getting hosed because they are already like you know jacking jacking up the price." But I would totally disagree. What I would say is like that's actually a great value. Like when you look at it the way you did, that's actually a great value for us, right? Like if they can find ways to make the money they need to make and still offer me an option to just buy the game for a standard $60, that's like a win-win. That's like, I, I, never really, I never really understood like all the hate and backlash for some of these practices that are optional, because I'm like, you know, ultimately, if, if them selling skins or, you know, day one DLC or whatever uh, allows them to keep charging the low, what I, in my mind is a very low price of $60 yeah. for a AAA game, then I'm like, that's great. Like, sell whatever you want to everyone else who wants it. Me personally, I don't care about that cost cosmetic stuff. I don't care about these extra little bells and whistles. If everyone else feels like they want to spend money on it, that's great. That just allows me to have a $60 experience. It's the same thing with free-to-play even. It's like, I'm glad that they, like in Dota, like in Dota yeah. 2, I've, I've, I've played 500 hours of Dota 2. I've spent $10 ever just because I felt bad once. And that's, that. I can have that kind of free premium experience yeah. only because these companies find other ways besides the, the point of sale price to make their money. So I say keep doing it. I think there's other forces too. I mean, digital games mean you can cut out GameStop entirely. This is true. Yeah. And you, you don't if you're claiming the sixty dollars directly to the developer, you know that you're you're already making more money than you did before. That's a fantastic yeah. point. That is that's I would suspect I haven't seen like the balance sheets of a big publisher, but I suspect that's a big reason the price didn't increase yeah. from sixty is because sixty dollars at GameStop means, you know, EA actually takes home I don't even know, thirty, forty. Right. Um, but when they get to sell it for sixty directly, yeah, there's, there's lots shipping of and packaging. And yeah. digital media mm -hmm. is completely changing. I mean there is it. infrastructure for delivering the download. Like it's not insignificant. You have to have a whole team of people delivering these yeah, digital sure. games. Far but less. but it's far, far less and so yeah. again that's another way that every person that buys digitally which is you know 25 30 50 percent of games sold now these days mm -hmm. that's more revenue per user in the publisher's pocket yeah and it's like I, I, my opinion would be overall like do i want to see the is it time for the price to go up and I, I, all i would say is that depends on uh, whether or not the uh the gaming populace as a whole can start to feel better about all these ancillary things that companies are doing to make money. If you want to see that go away, or you feel like that's intrusive and it's bothering bothering you and impacting your experience, if you feel like you're getting an incomplete game because your game doesn't have all those skins, then I'd say, yeah, you better start welcoming the idea of a $70 price point. If if you don't mind that stuff and you see it, and this is how I feel, if you see that stuff as just optional stuff that goes on on the side, someone else maybe enjoys it or wants to pay money for it, I don't really care, I'm happy with my $60 game and what comes in that package, then I'd say like keep it sixty as long as you, as long as you can keep your head above water yeah. and find a way to do it. Keep doing it as far as I'm concerned. I think that we're that so far the discussion has been a little bit skewed, and I want to just I sure there's people screaming while listening to this right now because when I was a kid, games were sixty dollars, and that was oh, yeah. a lot more. So games have gone down, yep. and I think they should continue to go down. And I think for the health of the industry and for the health of game development, for people to play more games and more new games, they need to be far cheaper. And we need to figure out how to develop them for far cheaper. Well, all games. I don't want the development to get bigger and more expensive necessarily, unless it's worth it. Because right now, there's a lot of games that are sixty dollars that are much smaller than The Witcher Three. Sure. Right. I mean, there, there's sure. a big tiered yeah. system. So like, locking it at sixty is, is is already, I think, a negative thing. It is. No, there I, is a little weird that Witcher Three. And Rainbow Six Siege are the same price. A Tomb Raider or whatever. Like anything that lasts 10 hours compared yeah. to... And, a, and if a giant publishing company can price the same games at the same price, the net you know, earnings that they have, maybe it may balance out or whatever. The, the, what I'm trying to say is the business side of it, completely aside, when I was a kid, I got a game a year. Or maybe two games a year. Mm -hmm. And it sucked. Yeah. And when I when I got another game, like if I was able to get another game, it was a used, like totally 
terrible game. Like this is like through college, you know. You go to GameStop and you get a, you get whatever is twenty dollars and, and play it. And uh, I would love to see that turned on its head. I mean, I, I was hoping you know mobile games would completely disrupt the pricing scheme of stuff because there oh. nobody would pay for a twenty dollar mobile game. You know? Yeah, but like, it has crazy. disrupted. Like you're talking about kids. Like kids are playing Clash of Clans. Yeah, not playing true. you know Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it has it definitely. Yeah, you're right. But it hasn't changed the sixty dollar price tag in any right. meaningful way. And I just think there's yeah. there's something to be said for like for the medium to progress and for games to get bigger and for people to be able to get into it. Prices have to be different. Well, I agree. And if you lower, I agree with you in in a sense, Sam. In that that um, yeah, not every game has to be a sixty dollar game. And I think finding that right balance between how much content you have and what level of production you you've gone for, um, and what kind of long term value that game is going to have for uh, any given player, has to play into that uh, that argument. I just I guess my my saying that I'm happy to see the price go up or stay the same is mostly in the sense that if it present if it, if it uh, if it prevents them if putting the price up prevents them from having to get into like business territory <laughs> where they have to like trade off like uh, they have to trade off goodwill for uh, for their for their dollars which is a painful position to be in like let's be honest I don't want to sound like I'm sympathizing with like companies that are making millions and millions of dollars but it's like it's tough like with a game like Evolve like I famously gave that game like a big nice score and I didn't really famous well <laughs> you know, in a weird kind of famous way like an inf- more like infamous like people were kind of mad that like I gave it a 9 even though like there was all this day yeah. one DLC and like my argument was like well I don't need those skins so I don't care and it doesn't affect my experience so I'm going to give this game a superb score because that's what I think of the quality of the game. The flip side of that, though, is that did, <laughs> uh, so, did 2K do what they felt like they needed to do um, with the pricing of the DLC and the timing of the DLC and the new characters to make the maximum they felt like they needed to make on their investment? Sure, they did. But we also saw a, a great comp- a great developer in Turtle Rock create a really awesome piece yeah. of you know software that honestly a lot of people walked away from because of what those prices were and the timing of that DLC. Does that mean that 2K was the bad guy in this situation? I don't necessarily think so, but like they're, they're like, they like everyone else are trying to figure out like where do you draw the line? Like what's a good balance of like people feel good about this practice, but we're also making the money long-term that we want to make on these millions of dollars we're investing. So it's like if raising the price makes that whole tough like question go out the window and they can just like make their money and keep their game players happy once they adjust to the to the new to the new price point maybe that's a win i don't know we uh wrap it up Oh, I mean, I just like that we live in a world where um, we have a wider range of... Uh, Talos Principle came out last year. I think it's on my mind because it's in the same wheelhouse yeah. as The Witness. I think that game was 50 bucks when it came out. Sure. Um, you know, and The Witness is 40 bucks, and, uh, you know, we see games come out at 30, uh, Darkest Dungeon and Oxen for year, 20 bucks, and... Um, I can't think of any $10 games off the top of my head, but like we're still seeing things come in at that little bit cheaper price point. Mm-hmm. I'm playing Final Fantasy Record Keeper. It's free to play on mobile. Yep. Um, and we said they run the gamut. And I think we're going to reach a point where like Call of Duty had, um, I, I don't know the details, unfortunately, but it had like day one DLC that was not even really like, hey, if you want this extra thing, it was like stuff you wanted. It was right. like, you know, a zombies map and like some other stuff, like the digital collector's edition. And it was more than 60 bucks. And so in that way, they are sort of, I think Activision specifically is like priming people for games to not cost 60 bucks anymore because really you probably didn't want like the $60 version of that game. You probably wanted the $70 or $80 mm-hmm. digital deluxe edition that included like this stuff that it is optional, like you can play the game without it, but this is like, this is what you want. This is where you yeah. want to be. And so we have that range now. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is I'm glad we have a mid-range. We have a real plausible, like last generation, it was 60 bucks or like Shadow Complex is 10 bucks. Like right. that was all you got. And now we have this mid-range of stuff like The Witness that I think is really healthy. I feel like Shadow Complex was one of the first $20. Was it? Games. I thought it was 15. I felt like yeah. that 15, was like, what? 15 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, very uh, interesting discussion topic. Big Tony style. One more email before we get to Video Game 20 questions. This comes from J- David. He says, hello, Damon, Justin, and the other two. Oh, man, I like this new trend. <laughs> <laughs> this is David from Monterey, Mexico. Love the show. It's my favorite internet show by far. First time writing in. So, the trophy and achievement system. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be worthless? 
Sure. Us completionists. Yes. Us completionists may like it. They give incentive to replay games, play games a certain way. They satisfy that need of completion some, some of us have. But in the big picture of things, gamers gain no real benefit from the intense hours of grinding, exploring, crafting, collecting, yeah. replaying. Sure. So I got an idea. Ooh. I would like to hear your opinions on how viable it is. What if PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live members would gain online credit, however small, for each trophy or achievement they acquire? At first, I thought they hadn't already done this because they would lose a lot of profit from all the online credit they would give. But I think that if done correctly, it could be an incentive for gamers to buy more games, play them more than they would normally do, and play downloadable content expansions. All of these would mean more revenue to the gaming industry in general, also reward gamers who invest more money and time on games. Would this work? Am I delusional? Doesn't Xbox do this? Don't they have a so reward? So Xbox program? has Xbox Live rewards. Yep. They give you rewards for completing surveys, for spending money in the store, and for completing like missions that are given to the community. It's not directly for earning achievements. Oh, I thought right. it was gamer. I thought it was tied but, to But we had more. this conversation because Nintendo once, there was a, a rumor about them doing that when they bring back Club Nintendo. Mm. And that they want to make it, uh, uh, maybe it wasn't even a rumor, I can't remember now. But we talked about it in GameScoop, and it was about how uh, you could be able to you know, do stuff in games and then you'd get credit for purchasing digital games. Yeah, mm. uh, just the practical concern is that people would rent 100 games to get free credit. Right. Um, but I guess, I don't know, like it's always like oh, yeah. if you're that dedicated to spend the thousand hours to get fifty dollars in free credit, it's like, well, okay, like you earned your free game, dude. Like, well done. But um, what, what if though it, you earn your, you could spend your gamer score, so you you actually lose yeah. part of your gamer score. Nobody. I like that. Well, I mean, that's the, like, maybe that's people that didn't care like, as much would do that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't, that's interesting. My yeah. gamer score isn't super important to me, so if yeah. I could spend some of it to get half off a game, <laughs> I feel like there's too many. Like to directly say, okay, your twenty thousand gamer score is worth a hundred dollars in Xbox credit. I I think there's too many ways to game that system or get around it. Like I said, renting games or people might want to release games like where there's not an indie channel anymore but if there's some equivalent of that where it's like free gamer score yeah. 99 cents yeah. buy our game and we're just we'll unlock all your achievements right away and I, I there's too many yeah. concerns for that i like where his heart's at though of making it more give you some value or some intrinsic thing like at yeah. the end of the year it's fun to be part of a club yeah at the end of the year i, I like more the club nintendo suggestion of uh based on your gamer score at the end of the year you can redeem it for a hat or a tote bag or something That's like great. that yeah i think the the big concern from where I stand with it, uh, is that so? Where you sit. That, yes, from where I'm sitting, this very seat. Um, you snarky bastard. Um, no, my, my big my big concern would be that if they do, if, if let's say they install, they instate this, right? Then that means that that people are going to feel driven or incentivized to play deeper into games, maybe than they normally do. Like I don't know, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it's some silly number, like. You know, any given game, like if it, if it has a completion rate of like thirty percent or oh, yeah, nobody more, beats games. Like nobody beats games, right? Exactly. <laughs> nobody beats games. It's a very very low number. So that number obviously is going to naturally go up. But I feel like in an attempt to recoup their losses by giving out uh, discounts and credit, they would they would suddenly find want to find ways to monetize or or create some kind of in game marketing that that kicks in later on in a game experience to find ways to make that back up. And I would rather not introduce that at all. Like, I would rather, like I, again, like going back to our last uh, you know, discussion, I would rather just pay everything I have to pay now and yeah. not have to worry about how the company is gonna make its money back during the experience. Yeah. Like I hate, in, I hate in-game marketing and things like that. And I feel like this would just be like a, they would have no choice but to open up more to in-game marketing, I feel like, in the later stages of a game to make sure they're getting something uh, at, back out of it. Yeah, people would either put all their achievements at the front of a game to let people unlock them earlier or put them all at the end to say, yeah, well, if you want to get your yeah. price, exactly. That's what they would do. And yeah. No one wants to be thinking about money when they're playing a game. That's <laughs> right. a big problem with free-to-play games. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> That's true. I play a lot of them. Um, I do think, who was the guy's name? David. David made uh, a better, maybe not a better point. I mean, an interesting point at the start where like achievements, if designed well, encourage you to play a game in new yes. ways. They can yeah. extend replay value or they can be you know, crappy tacked on beat chapter one, beat chapter two, kill a thousand enemies, but yeah. like the Halo franchise I think is an example of some of the best achievement design in games mm. where like beat a level without jumping. Like, yeah. That's awesome, like that's a fun challenge to try to figure out how that works, just like neat stuff yeah. like that. It's, it's 
the differences night and day between games that really are thoughtful about it and aren't. Yeah. And it's also it's also cool because it gives developers a way to kind of subtly educate uh, mm -hmm. players on other ways and other modes of play they might not be aware of. Like sure. I can even imagine, like in a fighting game, you know, I can imagine. Uh, people being like, uh, all right, here's an achievement for uh, you're knocked down, like you wake up with a dragon punch and counter the, the you know, your opponent's move that they were trying to do to you as you were waking up. Like, so some people don't even think like, oh, that's a thing I can do. I can do a special move right as I mm -hmm. wake up and it'll deter someone from trying to like attack me as I get up. Like a player who's new to fighting games might not even think about that, but a good achievement could cue people in in kind yeah. of a subtle way, hey, try this thing out that you've never tried before, try that thing out that you've never tried before, <laughs> and it kind of opens up, it can, if done right, uh, and we've already seen some examples of it, like you, like you said, Justin, like, it can actually expand players' understanding of like, what they can do in a game and what's possible with the tool set they've been given, which I think is really rad. Uh, video Game 20 questions. Everyone knows how this works. My panel has 20 yes or no questions to guess this week's mystery game, which comes from Matthew. All right, I'll Where's start. Where's Matthew from? He doesn't say. Oh, yeah. It's a mystery. Does your character wear a hat? What? Wait, what did you just, you just broke every rule. Justin, what are you doing? I was going to say we should start differently. I like that. I like it. I like it. Let's roll. Uh, no. What kind of it was risky. It's like betting on it's like betting on zero in roulette. Yeah. You feel like a genius if it pays off, but most now, of the time it let's doesn't. Let's burn five and then we win video game fifteen questions. No, 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 no. I don't want to. You know, we're going down the line. Vince can choose to whether. I think we should. Vince is really upset right Dude, now. Dude, what, what kind of a? <laughs> but what if they wore a hat? We'd be on such a good spot right now. Nah. It'd be I, funny. But no. Yeah, I don't know what kind if, of if, if I had said yes, where what would that have told you? Yeah. Where would you be close? Yeah. Would you be able Dude, to yeah. name a game with a character with a hat? Mario. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. kind of Mario atheist. doesn't always have a hat. This so Damon would be like, well, would it count if you, the hat came off sometimes? <laughs> if a snowman, so if a snowman blew your hat off, what would you say? Hypothetically. Okay. Alright. I'm does he erase a cart? <laughs> You, the character you play as does not wear a hat. All right, all right. You're you're crazy, and I'm putting this back on track. Does right. your character wear sneakers? Uh, whew, I'm not sure what footwear, what kind of footwear the character wears. Well, so I better not answer. I, I'll give you that one. Wow. Not gonna not gonna spend a, a question on that one. Okay. It's just taking you all these video game <laughs> character shoes now. Yeah, Sonic. Yeah. I would guess no, but I'm not sure, so I can't say. All right, yeah. that's fine. But well, because animals don't wear sneakers. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a human. That's a people thing. Mm -hmm. Except for Sonic. I think you're being kind of prejudiced right now. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Animals can wear sneakers if they want. That's true. They don't even have the thumbs to put them on. Uh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could just go back to the old line of yeah. questioning. Um. All right. Was this game made before 1980? Before 1980? No. Uh, do you play as a human? Yes. Woo! <laughs> but we can't see the shoes. Non-hat-wearing so. human. That's such characters. After 1980. That's, right. that's Nathan so. Drake. That's Lara Croft. <laughs> so I, how many are we on? Three. That's okay. Cloud Strike. I intentionally burned one. You guys got some. So let's, we're doing video game 17 questions now. So it is a, so it it's is a, a human. human. A human that doesn't wear a hat. Cool. Okay. A hatless, possibly, possibly sneakerless possibly human. Possibly sneakerless wear is unclear. <laughs> um... Yeah, did I okay. Uh, was uh, was this game uh, made? Was this game released uh, before uh, January first, two thousand? No. Okay. Great. All right. Same question. Two thousand ten. Was it before two thousand ten? Mm -hmm. Before January first, two thousand ten? No. No. Oh. Okay, so it's a very recent game. Well, last yeah. few years. So it's not even. I thought it would. I thought it might be Uncharted, but Uncharted those came out before 2010, uh, right? You can see his shoes in a lot of scenes in that game. That's true, but they're not. Are they sneakers? They're probably boots. <laughs> I don't know. After 2010. Yeah. And you're you're a human being. And you're a human. Uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> is this a, is this a sequel? No. Is, it, is the game a sequel? No. Okay. Um, is the game part of a series? Uh, yeah, has it gotten sequels? I'm not. Uh, I mean, I guess technically, uh, but those are the worst. Why is it always my question? What, what was it? He said, "I guess technically." Is it part, of, part a of a series? There has been more than one game released in this 
sort of series, but there's only one that you really think of. All right, fair enough. That is crazy. <laughs> is this okay. is this based on a licensed property? No. Is this game 3D? Yes. Um Is this was this game available? Was this game uh, released specifically? Was it exclusive to a particular platform? Yes. <laughs> God damn it, Vince. That's that's 10. What, what, what are you going to do? So I could, I could, if I say a specific platform, then it could be another platform. It could have been on that platform and another platform. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. Now we have to. So we know it's, on, so. it's specific to one platform. Released after January 1st, 2000, you play as a human that doesn't wear a hat. It's, it's not Zach and Wiki, because Zach wears a hat. Mm -hmm. True. It is, uh, it is an exclusive. Do you want to it's in 3D. Oh yeah, and it's 3D. Do we want to narrow down? It's not based on a licensed property, and did it's this, not a platform. Did, did, did this game? Did this game get a retail release? Yes. Uh, but that, you mean I guess a boxed? You mean like a boxed on? The yeah, retail shelf. at retail. So that's actually a pretty good hint because most of the exclusives are digital, especially after 2010, which this game came out. So it's a console exclusive from after 2010. Like it's not that many of those that were that hit retail. That aren't part of the series as you do. I'm just saying, I'm thinking through it out loud. Oh, okay. We should narrow down console. Yeah. yeah. You want to narrow down console or genre? Console. Console? Was this a launch game? No. Okay, so it gets rid of Knack and stuff like that. Was Is it exclusive to a Microsoft console? Yes. Okay, okay so there you go. There we so go. Microsoft exclusive, Microsoft. where you star as a human that mm -hmm. doesn't wear a hat. Okay. Maybe wear sneakers. Um, uh, it's do you, and it's 3D, and it, and it, hit, and it hit retail. Right. Um, do you... Does your character shoot in this game? Yes. Well, yeah. Is it, does, does Master Chief's helmet count as a hat? Oh, but it's not part of. It's so only sort of part of a series. Is this right. an open world game? No. It's not Sunset Overdrive. That's oh, that's a really good question. Though. Yeah. That was 15. a good one. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, we actually don't know that it's Xbox One. Yeah, it could be 360. Wait, so let's think about what are 360 exclusives? I feel like PS4 so has on. most of them. Was this game made by Microsoft? Nope. Oh, man, we're getting down to... Uh... Yeah. We got four left. Mm -hmm. Third-party game. So it's a third-party game uh, that was Microsoft exclusive, involved shooting. Oh, That's not... Is it, are you But there's been multiple sequels to that, and, it's part of, and it yeah. is a sequel, so it can't be that. Um, I'm trying to think of a shooter that was kind of part of a series, but kind of not. I mean, it's basically, he's basically said it's the only one. Like, try to think of one-offs, so and maybe there is some weird mobile or handheld spin-off It's not thingy. open world. Um, and it came to retail. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Third party. Who are the big third parties making, releasing exclusive Microsoft games? Exclusive? Not visceral. Right? Yeah, not... I mean, Sunset Overdrive was a great guess. Yeah, that is really good. Um, oh, was... Did we give it an award? Did, was it like an award-winning best of game? Probably. I won't, I won't count that one, because I can't tell you exactly. But oh. it's... Significant. Definitely, like, cool. okay. well thought. We got a freebie, guys. Yeah, we did it. Um, I'm still a little weirded out, because I, 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 I feel like it's too late to spend a question on it, but I wish I knew if it was Xbox One or Xbox 360. That'd be nice. We can. We got to spend a question on it. Okay. Do it. W was this uh, was this an Xbox 360 game? Yes. So late, late 360 game. So it's a late 360 game. I am fairly late. Yeah, it's a late 360 game. And there's like, I'm still thinking about that wording. There's only one that you will remember or that you. Would so let's know. see what the hell was going on in around that year. Uh, like Skyrim was like 2011, so it could be around like that late console era. Right. Um, Portal Two was around that era. Um, I th like like the. I know those weren't ex the right. Xbox exclusives, but I'm just trying to set my mind that mind space. Right, like the darkness, but there was a sequel. Oh, good call. What was Rare working on then? Um, oh yeah, they did nuts and bolts. The darkness, Crackdown. Two yeah, came yeah, out but then. it can't be Crackdown. Right, it's a good guess though. Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. What yeah, came out? Connect games. Yeah, it won't be a Connect game. Um, Why couldn't it be a connect game? It just won't. It's a shooter. I don't know. It just won't be. We don't know it's a shooter, though, we right? Shoot. We know that it, you shoot, right? We don't know that it's a shooter, but we're too close now that I don't want to spend a question on it. Three questions left. 
you're goofing off in oh, the beginning. Man. What if it's connectimals? <laughs> they don't, you don't shoot in that game. Well, you know what? I play 20 questions to have fun, Damon. That's true. <laughs> I have a participation award. And what if you wore a hat? If you, what if? If you had worn a hat, this would be over. Right? Does it take place in now or the past? I feel like we have enough to like try to get pretty good about narrowing it down. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of late. Sh- that's like so. There's like such a tiny window. Late 360 exclusives um, that were highly regarded. Okay, in the okay. Office. yeah, that were okay. highly regarded. I feel like Wait, he said, but no, he said no hat, right? No hat. Damn it! It all. <laughs> I was. I was. Gonna, hat I was going to say maybe Dark Watch. What the hell is Dark Watch? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Because that was a late. No, was that a PS? No, that wasn't a. That wasn't a 360 shooter. That was an X. The original Xbox. Here's a freebie. It's not Dark Watch. <laughs> no, I know it's not Dark Watch. Because Dark Watch was, was yeah, an Xbox. I can't even think of. I can't even think game. of any games from that. Period. Um, and you said it came out in retail. Yes. Yeah. Only though. Is that what no? The we, I just was? asked. Did it come to retail? Okay. Said yes. Because right. I wanted to eliminate like downloadable, like Limbo and stuff. Yeah, yeah right. frankly. Although we know it's 3D, but yeah, stuff like that. Um, the Maw. <laughs> the Maw. That was a good game. I know it was a great game. Um, it's not open world. No, and it's not. I open think it needs to be narrowed down more. Yeah, and Max Payne 3. Did that come to PS3? To that came to PC. Oh, and it's a sequel. Never mind. Yeah. This game's not a sequel. It's yeah. the first. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing, right? Is that whether or not it's a series. It's definitely the it's definitely the first. We're, we're in trouble here, Damon. Yeah, we are. This is pretty bad, man. Is it Dishonored again? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dishonored is yeah. Part of does a this game though. does this game take place on Earth? Yes. Sorry, I mean, okay, no, 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 it's fine. It's, those are fine questions. So it eliminates any kind of like sci-fi, right? Or right. RPG it's a terrestrial here. setting. Well, it could be sci-fi in the future. Like Homefront. Well, that was multi-console. Homefront's multi-console. Was it multi-console? Enslaved. I played Homefront on 360. Was that game multi-console? I can't remember. <laughs> You're at 18. <laughs> um, Homefront might actually be a pretty good uh, thread to tug on, maybe. I just don't recall if it came to other cons. I mean, it certainly came to PC, though. Right. May- and maybe the reason it only got a pseudo-sequel is because the sequel's forthcoming. What about, like, uh, Bulletstorm and... Ooh. Oh, oh, my God, you might have just... No, but that's not on Earth. That's yeah, on no, the right. Something else came oh, out at the same man. time we compared it to Bulletstorm. There's Gears. Well, that got sequels too. Yeah, Bulletstorm's a good guess. I, it would have been a good I, guess. And I loved that game. Something came out at the same time, like Duke Nukem 3D came Duke out. Duke Nukem Forever? Same. Forever, that's what it was, yeah. That's not set. Is Duke Nukem yeah, Forever set on Earth? I don't know. I didn't play it. Yeah, it is. In, yeah, you go to the. I assume you it go is. To, you go to Landmarks. He also doesn't wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> We never confirmed he plays a man, but there's nothing left. I mean, that's not Lara Croft, so. <sighs> well, we have two questions left, yeah. right? So, do you, what do you think? Do you want to pull on the on the Duke Nukem thread? No, I want to come up with a question that narrows down. No, because that came out on PC for sure. Right. Does this game take place in the United States? Yes. Okay, so I narrowed that. I, mean, I specifically asked that to try yeah, to hone to, in on uh, home on front. Home front. Yeah. I mean, we're or uh, or um, what was that game? Uh, Oh, it's got to be Homefront. It's a late. Okay, so but I so, think Homefront was multi-platform. So here's the thing: we have one, we have one question left. Yeah. Okay, we have one question left. Now, so it, let let let's ask the question. What else takes place in the United and States? And think about. It. No, but we have to ask: Is it Homefront as our last question? If we think that's what it is. Oh, it do, yeah. what about do if it takes that, place that, now yeah. or in the, the last future? question? Is yeah. would be uh, your yes. guess? Yeah. I, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're out. So it's really uh, 19 questions. Yeah. Okay, so well, we're no. done. <laughs> sort of. You need to know after 19 questions. Uh, yeah, I guess I so like there's something we're missing that we just haven't. Oh, I'm of. sure we're gonna be mad as hell. Borderlands. I, I don't came think out that time. Borderlands Two. Oh, those are um, good guesses too. But they were. Then they got sequels. But they they're both they both are part of series. I feel like the biggest clue. Wait, if, does Homefront have like a, a a sequel? There's a sequel coming out. Yeah, that's true. So it's not out yet. I think that game was multi-platform, but I can't think of anything else. It takes place in the United States. How many games do that? Right. It was multi-platform. I'm just going to say it. It was multi-platform. Yeah, I think it probably was. Yeah. I know who reviewed it and what, why they reviewed it, and it was multi-platform. Yeah. Colin reviewed what? that, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. Oof. Crap. Oof. Got to guess something. I'm trying to think of others. I'm trying so to think of others. So we have to guess something? Well, unless you just want to give up. I'm not giving up now. Why no, is no, Sean no. helping? Yeah, we, Sean usually helps. In the absence, Does Sean know? Sean's not even listening yeah. We called for a strong lifeline. We didn't get it. I do not know. <laughs> in in the absence of a better guess, 
what if what takes place in the United States? That's such a big hint. Yeah, that's a good one. Remember Enslaved? That was a fun game. Did that take like place that in the U.S.? Andy Circus joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Enslaved a lot. Um, Jeez. I feel so dumb right now. It's like I don't want to give in, but I almost feel like I don't, we don't have a... No. Okay, I'm going to guess. Is it Homefront, The Revolution? No. Aww. It is not. That was multi-platform, oh wasn't it? You weren't able to get there this week, but Matthew suggested Alan Wake. Mm. Oh, and that's where we screwed up. Yeah, yeah that's where we screwed up. There, he can shoot, but it is definitely he not shoots, a shooter. He shoots, he shoots yeah. a bunch of different guns yeah. in yeah, that game. Yeah, no, he, the gu- shooting is definitely how, he, how you play that game, but like it's not... Yeah, you know, American it's a hard, it's a hard Pacific Northwest game. out in 2010. I can't believe that came out after 2010. That's yep. crazy. It came out in 2010. Yeah. yeah, my my our radars were not tuned to that wavelength at all. We were all just trying to think of shooters. Oh, published yeah. by Microsoft, developed by Remedy. Yep, uh, survival horror game. Single what was player. the sequel thing that? It got a pseudo sequel. It got a downloadable yeah. uh, Alan Wake American Nightmare. Yeah, but I didn't. Oh, okay. Don't think many people think about that one. Gotcha. Yeah, Alan Wake. Oh big, man, that was an Xbox exclusive. Really good game, too. So we probably gave him an award. If, yeah. if, oh, if only he had worn like a it. hat, mm-hmm. then we would have gotten it. He didn't wear a hat. And so I didn't know what kind of footwear he wears. I he wears a hat, doesn't he? No. Alan, I don't remember him in the... In the in <laughs> what are you going to tell him, the technicality? <laughs> <laughs> you were misled? No, he doesn't wear a hat. He has a flashlight. Want to call for he a mistrial? I would assume he wears boots, but I don't really know <laughs> what kind of one. Yeah, you could get the sneakers one nailed down. Yeah. Okay, I think you're right. Yeah. He's got good hair. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Wake. Oh, man. That was a hard one. Good suggestion, Matthew. Yeah. I thought I thought the more recent games would be easier to guess, but so far we have more luck with like the 8-bit NES. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man. The yeah. world got too big after that. That's right. Yeah, it's true. Got beyond us. All right, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Sam. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Wolverine. Wolverine. there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.